turn it off. I could turn it off. It's okay. I live a life of opulence and have central air, so you can't hear That's it. true. That's actually disgusting to me. What? How, how dare you? Is it noticeable? Should I turn it off? No, you're fine. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I don't think anybody... We've had helicopters and ice cream trucks in the background. I think the air conditioning is the least of your concerns. <laughs> Do you remember the episode where Wally started drinking water and it was so loud? You could hear my dog drinking loud. in the back. He also barked in an episode. We're the definition of professionalism. I'm living here. for it. Hey. Hey, Dagny. What? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. No matter when you're listening, welcome to Poptimist, a pop culture breakdown show focused on optimism, hosted by me, Billy, and my sister. Who's that? Daddy. Are you I'm yawning? So sorry. Are I'm you so yawning sorry. as you say your name? This is the tone. We are setting the tone for the episode it is, it right is now. It is well for 11... us, not for our guest, but we'll get into it. It is eleven twenty-six a.m. and you are here I yawning. I have been awake. I did have to set since... an alarm to wake up by ten. What is happening? I stayed up too late last night. I well, mean, this is what happens because we record on Sundays now, yeah, uh, or kind of have always. But my job that I work now, I usually during the week and on Fridays work till like eight or nine, so I don't make plans during the week. So I just have to pack all of like friend hangouts to Saturday nights or any kind of event. So usually I'm up pretty late on Saturdays. Did you go? Okay. Did you go out last night? No, I just went over to a friend's house and played Exploding Kittens. And remember that game Contact that we played in Palm Springs in the pool for like four hours? Yes. John taught it to us. And we played that for like two hours last night. In a pool? I love I love word association games. No, just in a backyard. It doesn't work unless you're in a pool. I know this because every time I go to Palm Springs, we play it some more. It's a good game. It's great. It's great. And well, it's kind of hard to explain, so we don't need to no, explain it over it, the podcast. No, you have to look up. Yeah, sure. You have to play it for it to make sense. But I, yeah, it's just a word association game. And I love word games. Yeah, me. I mean, sure. I like Here to Slay, too. I might get the expansion pack because I really like that game that you introduced me to and I uh, bought it. It's basically like mini D&D that takes like 30 minutes to an hour to play. I very cute cards. <laughs> I, I full on was just going to accuse you of doing something fun without me and not inviting me to things. But uh, you didn't. So I no. guess it's OK. I guess it's fine. There is a thing that... Uh, my roommates went to in Los Angeles that I have not gone to, but apparently it was great. Wow. Didn't write down the name of it. So forget everything I said. It's some sort of hell spooky thing in Highland Park. So anybody living in LA, just Google spooky event that costs $65 in Highland Park and you'll probably find it. I'll, all but right. Four, four drinks are included in that price. And it's like a burlesque show and an interactive kind of sleep no more experience. And apparently it's very cool. So I think I might try and buy tickets. And Billy, you're invited to that. Okay, Congrats. cool. You heard it here first, folks. There's a thing in Highland Park that has uh, <laughs> money. Um, did your watch just talk to you? It did. It recorded everything I said. And then was like, I'm sorry. I don't understand what you said. Uh Sure. I have an Apple Watch. Um, anyway, what have you been watching or consuming this week in pop culture? Um, That's a good segue. Dagny, uh, it is October now. It is ooky spooky season. And I mm-hmm. only want to talk about Midnight Mass for the rest of the day. I've heard it's great. I haven't watched it yet. So don't spoil too much. I Honestly, I knew nothing about it except for the one Netflix trailer that I just kind of watched once and then jumped in. And I was, I've been... I, I was surprised by just what the show was about 
So like no spoilers. I will not be giving any Midnight Mass spoilers. Is it like true crime or is it fictional? Dagny, it's Mike Flanagan who did The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Ah, and uh, the Stephen King film Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining. And I loved mm. Dr. Sleep. Um, but yeah, so Midnight Mass is a seven-part miniseries on Netflix, uh, written and directed by Mike Flanagan. Um, and starring, I didn't even bring, I didn't bring my little uh, phone with me to do a search engine. Hold on, I'm going to do this really quick, because I love actor name here, who uh, started on the New Adventures of Old Christine. you plug in a name into that? <laughs> I'm going to, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, Hamish Linklater. Linklater? Hamish Linklater, whatever. Mm. You know him from the uh, the New Adventures of Old Christine. Remember that? Where he was just like comedic relief as the neighbor. And then I, yeah. uh, he's on all three seasons of Legion. And he's um, like one of the leads on Midnight Mass. And he's I'm so glad that he gets to play like a meaty role in, <laughs> in a drama series because he's so mm. good. Um, but okay. uh, 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 let's just do like the first 15 minutes of the first episode. Just okay. So main character You're man. Talk for 15 minutes. No, what? About no. This? I'm just going to recommend this casually. <laughs> okay. Um, you have two minutes. Main, main character man, uh, right, the character name Riley Flynn, um, does something horrible at the very beginning of the show and spends some time in prison. Uh, he gets out of prison and goes back to live with his family on this tiny island with a population of like 150. Um, uh, he's living with his parents, one of which his dad is played by, uh, what's his name from E.T., who was in The Haunting of Hill House as well. Um, yeah. The kid from E.T. I know his name. Not important. Actors' names have left my brain today. Uh, fine, go. Uh, and uh, the tiny island is is dwindling. People have been moving away. There's not a lot of people there anymore. Um, but there is a little Catholic church. And the Catholic mm -hmm. church uh, has its priest is Father Pruitt. And he is elderly and probably senile, but they paid to send him to Israel to do like a trip, to do like a, a walk the, the path of Jesus trip. Um, and while okay. Riley is back home with his parents, a new priest comes to town, played by Hamish Linklater. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, he, Father Pruitt's okay. Um, he's just got to recover. He had, he had, a, uh, he's so, had a little mishap and he'll be back. But I'm the new priest. Um, and then it's it begins a, a psychological horror journey that go runs for seven episodes. I've only watched five episodes. I'm kind of mad that I didn't get to finish it before we recorded this, but I will watch it tonight. Um, is it like jump scary or no. is it just tense? It is like anxiety, the show, and um, it's really good. And I it's not okay. it's a it's not, it's a not what I expected. By the time you figure out what's going on in episode three, I was like, this is what this show is. Yes. Um, definitely good for Halloween. Definitely ooky spooky. Uh, and I highly, highly recommend it. I am le legitimately obsessed. Like we I hmm. when the boyfriend gets home tonight, we because we were supposed to do it last night, but I was working all day. I didn't get home till like 8 p.m. And then I had to wake up stupid early. So we have it like mm, scheduled. It. We're going to watch the last two episodes tonight and finish it. I love it. But if you like Mike Flanagan, like. Great. Yeah. And you saw. I, I'll check it out. Yeah. And Thea, Theo is in it. The actress. She's Mike Flanagan's wife in real life. But she was Theo in The Haunting oh, of Hill House. And she's. She was one of my favorites. Yeah. She's in this one too. Um, along nice. with a bunch of like Flanagan stays. Also, Carla Gugina um, did a voiceover in one episode. And I was like, look at that cameo. She's in all his stuff. But um the mom nice. from Spike Kids. Is that Spy Spike Kids' mom? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, you don't even see her. Nice. It's literally just a voiceover. And I was like, is that Carla again? And it was like, yeah, but she's not even in this show. And I was like, no, she is. I'm like, Aww. no, not really. <laughs> that's fun. Um, 
Well, I guess this is this episode or the beginning of this episode. I have two things. I'm kind of conflicted on which to talk about, so I'm going to briefly talk about both. Sure. Um, There's no rules. The Netflix doesn't need our promotion, but my thing is also a Netflix thing. Um, the new season of Sex Education I finished. It's just such a lovely show. Yeah. So fun. Every season has been solid, and it's like funny, but also very touching, and uh, talks about obviously sex education, <laughs> which. Uh, Texas did not get that uh, in health class. We watched, I think I've talked about this, an episode of Intervention every day, and that was my health class. <laughs> Mine wasn't um, that bad. Yikes. <laughs> nope, that's what we got. Uh, and and then one time, I because it was a coach that taught it, he scrolled through uh, Lance Armstrong's like health advice page and had to scroll very quickly past the sex part because there was a part that talked about that that was a good way to burn calories, and he had to like scroll really quick. Uh, past it so basically i'm uh learning my sex education now i uh as a 27 year old woman watching this netflix isn't that great and it's great good job texas um all i got was in middle uh, school uh, a gynecologist came in and all the boys went into the cafeteria and then he showed us a bunch of um of pictures of like diseased genitals and was like Hmm. this will happen to you um yeah yeah uh that's fun. And I was just there uh, like, but how does gay stuff work? Education. Tell me. Um, They'll never do no, it. No, never. Um, yeah. But they do kind of, they do actually address that in the show, um, yeah. which is great. And yeah, the basic premise. Have you watched any of those show? Uh, I watched uh, like season one over the boyfriend's shoulder when he okay. watched it. And then I've caught quite a bit of it because he watches all of it, but I've never sat down and watched it from the beginning. But I know it's like it's, so it's like a British high school in the vein of um, director name here, uh, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day kind Off. Kind of, yeah. That was, no, no, that's like what they were going for, like behind the scenes. Yeah, 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 John, yeah. Car- John Carpenter. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know who I mean. Uh, yes, anyway, but basically the premise, so Gillian Anderson is fantastic. She's my best my favorite part of the show um but she plays the mom of otis who's like the main also butterfield yes yeah um and she is a sex therapist for couples not necessarily only couples but whatever but otis over the years has like learned from his mom and he opens a starts a clinic with uh one of the girls that he actually likes a lot um and Maeve is her name and they are charging these students but he's giving actual good advice to these students and yeah that's basically how it starts and everything has changed from there but my other thing to talk about anyway sex education is just a fun time to watch it's a good show everybody is very talented and it's just lovely my other thing Billy yes okay you know my favorite show on television which is Lego Masters uh (laughs) I learned recently (laughs) Because the season ended, I was not happy about the winner. I'm not going to spoil the winner for people, but the team that won, ugh, That's how I felt about season uh, one. Season one. Just... No, season one, it was valid. That, season the... one, they would have gotten second place, <laughs> except uh, three episodes before the finale, she went, also, I'm currently pregnant, and this award, Lego baby. this prize money um, will help us start a family. <laughs> and I was like, heteronormative bullshit. God damn. As soon as that story, as soon as they introduced it, I was like, oh, they're going to yep. win. Um but the team that won the season uh whatever they shouldn't have won um but there is a lego masters not only australia but a lego masters uk that came before will arnett lego masters us and it is great like the 
we're watching Australia, John and I, and it is so chaotic. Like the host is his name is actually Hamish, which is very funny that you've already talked about a Hamish. Um, and you can tell like Will Arnett watched this guy and took some bits from him. <laughs> He's not that great of a host. And also there's only one judge. There's not like a Jamie and Amy, like Lego Masters US. There's this one judge and he just goes by Brickman. Don't know his name. Um, and he is so critical. Like he'll do a walkthrough and he's like, this is going to land you in the bottom. I can't do an Australian accent, which adds to the fun of the show. Um, There's a guy named Kale, and he, I've never hated anybody more on television. <laughs> like, I want him to go home so badly. He's an asshole. He's just so Kale? full of himself. He thinks he's like, yeah, his name's Kale. Kale and Bill Billsy is the team. And Billsy, I'm a big fan because he, like, calls um, Kale out on his bullshit and he's like, that's not going to work. Why are you putting a ceiling on this? We're going to it's going to be dropped. It's going to stop all the Legos from flying because that's one of the challenges. Uh, also, all of the challenges so far were duplicated on Lego Masters yeah. US. They just took it from them. Uh, so it's the one where they like put they also put like dynamite in some of these. <laughs> it was Australia. Dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so the, and then they also had one where they like fl- in the same one. So they had the dynamite. They had dropping it from a really high, I don't know how many feet it was. Um, and uh, what was the first one? I can't remember. Um, but they also had one where they put it on a track and then shot it at like 100 miles per hour at a wall. I love that. And everybody had to stand on the opposite side of the room with like safety glasses and uh, ear covers for the dynamite. Anyway, and then they like show it in it's slow chaotic. motion all bursting up. And that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's so well, good. Now- oh, the first one was a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. They did we'll that in the that US Well, now I have a question. Yeah. Did, has the yeah. British one or the Australian one done the build a bridge challenge? I we've only watched three episodes of Australia and we only found out last night that you that UK exists. So, okay, because if they if they've all done challenges on other episodes, because that's my favorite episode of season one where they had to build a bridge because they broke production. Like they were like, you guys are going to build a bridge and you're going to see how much weight you can hold on to it. And the third team to go up, put every weight they had on the bridge they hit 500 pounds still and you can tell like production was like we didn't think this would happen and so then like production assistants and camera guys are like running around grabbing sandbags to like add weight to these bridges because they didn't plan for them to be this successful and two yep. bridges hold a ton they get to a full ton and then they stop it's insane uh no or it's two the tons greatest something insane television yeah it's the greatest television show to exist I'll say greatest reality competition show. Um, it's just so stupid. And <laughs> like, it shouldn't be as good as it is. And Australia, like, the builds aren't as good, I will say. Like, US, definitely, they've stepped up their game mm-hmm. and their expectations. It's kind. Of, it's honestly kind of like Drag Race, where the stakes aren't as high in the other ones. So it's kind of fun to watch, because you're not, like, yeah. as worried. The winner of RuPaul's um, Drag Race UK but- gets a handshake... From RuPaul and a, a little <laughs> a YouTube show. YouTube show. Uh, and what did they win in America? A yeah. hundred thousand dollars. All right. Yeah. Well, actually, I think the prize money is still a hundred thousand dollars here, but it's just they're in like a warehouse. The only also the like design they have like the chandel chandeliers that are Legos, so it's like they took that for the U.S. version. But so a lot of things were pulled from it, but they're in just a warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> love it. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, so, and that you can watch on Tubi. <laughs> it's the only place you can watch. Hell yeah. It, which is free. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so far it's been very fun. So if you watch all of Lego Masters US and still have that itch for more Lego Masters, you can fill that with Australia and UK. UK, I think, was first. It came out in like 2017. All right, cool. So I'll check it. I mean, we're gonna I love get it. to that. Um, yeah, it's so fun. Uh, but I, we've talked for a while. Yes. Uh, so sorry. I talked a you lot. You did. Billy I, also I, no, no you did. Because it's usually me. And I'm so happy that the one that overdid it this week is you. Yeah. So this is great. I'm on board. For the first time in 42 no, episodes. No, definitely not. You've done it before. Billy. But just it's mostly me. Okay. <laughs> well, deep cut and just a rude ass dig at me. Billy, introduce our guest. I'm very excited. Our guest today also... Uh, probably had a, a an unsatisfactory sex education in Texas as well. Um, I'm assuming. I don't know. We had, went to the same high school. This is your intro that you said. Yeah, on? he's gonna come on and we're gonna be like, "Hey, how was your sex ed? Tell us all about it." Um, uh, hey, everyone listening, wherever you are, put your hands together. Start clapping right now for the Ryan Smith. You didn't even include the blonde, the lighting blonde designer? lighting designer, Ryan Smith. Just- Poorly educated I sex education, Ryan yeah, Smith. Blonde, blonde lighting designer, the it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, yeah, we're definitely we not. This. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was I was I was pondering this because the whole premise of your show is you 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 have the guests sit for that introduction yep. as opposed to many of these many shows where you do the interview and then you have an intro after the fact that can kind of talk about what people are about to hear. Um, yeah, no, that was that was really lovely for me. Um, I have just fact-checked everything. (laughs) (laughs) We honestly, at some point, we're going to need that if you want, uh, once we start getting paid for this more, uh, we're going to need to hire somebody to do these Google searches for us because we, Taylor, we all know him, um, friend of the pod, he listens to every episode, so I know he'll listen to this. Um, He gets very annoyed at Billy and I confidently saying things and being completely wrong. I would Um, love it. I would love, yeah. I will happily come to on every one of your recordings just to be a producer fact checker because my yes. favorite thing to do is just sit and Google stuff. <laughs> um, so I think it's called House of Spirits. It's a haunted cocktail soiree in. Yes, Island that Park. is. Um, <laughs> that is the name. Thank you've, you. you've, already forgot, you've already forgotten that that was a thing that you were talking I about at the, the beginning of this. I have, my, I have all of my tabs queued up here just okay. to make sure that we cover them. Um, oh my God. It, thank you. Um, so anyway, and then um, you started talking about Midnight Mass, which I also have not watched, but I'm really excited to watch it um, because mm-hmm. I also am a big fan of Hamish Linklater. And I was like, oh, Billy's definitely going to start talking about Hamish Linklater. Um, and he's surely going to talk about Newsroom. Um, he's on Newsroom? I've never seen Newsroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you didn't talk I was, about that. Yeah. So that's, but that's okay. <laughs> newsroom came on and I was like, I'm going to start watching the West Wing like an idiot. So I never, mm-hmm. I've never watched mm-hmm. Newsroom. <laughs> well, West Wing's yeah. also a very good show. That's the, that's fair. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Our hot take West Wing is a good show. Um, hot take, yeah. <laughs> that's your topic. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Give us all I, of the things we were wrong about. I'll try and run through them really quickly. So I assume you didn't mean Howard Deutsch, director of Pretty in Pink, and instead meant John, John Hughes, writer Hughes. of Pretty in Pink. Oh, you're right. right. Yeah, um, so sex sex education, they were like, it's a British high school in the vein of a John Hughes film. And that was the whole concept for season you. one. I love that I said John Carpenter, though. <laughs> yeah, that was also, that was good. That was good. You can now take that that audio clip and then just put it back in okay. the intro. Um that's not great. Um, and then yeah. the last thing is the brick man does have a name. It is also Ryan. That's why it's of interest to me. So oh. share, we share a name. Ryan, the brick man McNaught is the host of Australia. Oh, nice. Not, not me. I am not, not Ryan Brickman. <laughs> that would be a much more interesting show than whatever you're That would be very no, fun. Don't sell yourself yeah, he... short. It's going to be great. Already this is <laughs> he kind phenomenal. Of... Yeah, no, Ryan, I think honestly you might be better than Hamish as the host of 
Australia. You might need to work on an Australian accent if you want to be like convincing. But uh, Brickman, they never said his name. They introduced him as Brickman. They all call him Brickman. Right. Probably doesn't the name like, Ryan has never come up. <laughs> he probably doesn't like that he is, has a name other than Brickman. I think that if, if that could yeah. not be on the internet for me to find, he would be happier. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like world-renowned, world-renowned, Lego world-renowned, known as Brickman, um, which is pretty cool. It's like share for the Lego. World. <laughs> <laughs> um, or are those all the things that we said? That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure I had a, I had several things stacked up so we could avoid talking about sex education anymore because I, we don't yeah. need to get into that. No, no, no. That's a whole thing. <laughs> oh wait, um, but you just brought it back you- up. Yeah, were you uh, pleased or pleased? Were you satisfied by your, I hate these words, by your uh, Texas sex education? I think this is a fun topic. So so I'll say that. Um, or health class. We can say health class. Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, before I uh, lived in Texas or, or after living in Texas and before living in Texas, we had a, a one year break from Texas uh, in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and that was actually my first exposure to health class and any sort of sex education. And that um, was actually pretty scientific and straightforward. Right. I mean. Like Billy nice. was describing, they kind of separated us by um, masculine presenting and feminine presenting people and um, told us about each other, well, ourselves and then each other, nice. but without each other in the rooms. So, Yeah. Um, hmm. Wow. And then, uh, and then I moved back to Texas and uh, had no idea what they were talking about because it was really weird and uncomfortable and they didn't give us any information. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stars stuff. at night are big and bright. Well, Ryan... Thank you. That's amazing. I didn't. I should have known that would happen. I should have known that would happen. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, I'm going to clap for that. It's like uh, the Friends theme song. You got to clap. You got to do the clap. claps. That was like uh, completely unrelated. But you know, uh, the Britney Spears song, uh, Stronger, um, they, they've done Stronger on Drag Race twice. And every time um, the winner for me is the one that hits the clap. Stronger than yesterday. And if they don't do the yeah. clap, then they don't win the lip sync. And that's just the rule. Okay. It's good. Um, so, Ryan, thank you for being on. You were rounding out the, uh, the qu- how many, what, quadru- quadruple? The the four what are friends. You, what are you talking the, about? The friend group of Taylor, Anthony, Ryan, Billy. Oh, my, my uh, Texas squad. The four besties. Yes. They, you have rounded it out. They have all been guests. Yeah. Time. And since, since we recorded the episode with Anthony, where we talked about tabletop RPGs, he has moved to San Diego. So Ryan, you're the only one who's not a West Coast idiot. How does that make you feel? Oh, yeah. You're three hours ahead of us right now. I am. I am. That's true. I'm in uh, the D.C. area. Um, well, it's uh, cooler here than it is uh, that's, there. That's also true. It's so. hot. It's hot today and I don't like it. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Uh, uh, we'll get you out here. We're starting, your... no, sorry, we're starting our seasons. We're starting the seasons portion of the year what? that we like to do over here on the East Coast. I know I you're not familiar. Because we have yeah. we have hot and then we have less hot and then we have dark early and then we have less hot again and then mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good explanation yeah. of yeah. the seasons of Los Angeles. Um, so, Ryan, lovely. on Poptimist, uh, uh, what we'd like to do is we have our guests come on and they bring something from pop culture that they love that is either obscure or actively disliked by the public at large. 
And I think Dagny and I are are pumped to get into what you're going to be talking to us about today. If you're prepared, yeah. for the topic it. you said the topic you said is going to take about eleven minutes to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I was also being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> because that's my only. That's it's the be only. At least two hours. Dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So we're going to fill the yeah, the first hour, and then you'll have to have me on for a second. Um, so uh, it's funny that you brought up Pretty in Pink, actually, Billy, because um, the topic um that I wanted to bring today is uh. I don't know how it would be categorized. Anyway, um, is renowned actor James Spader uh, <laughs> who, was in that, who was in that movie. Um, I think at times is very much disliked. Uh, at other times is very obscure. Um, who dislikes anyway, so. James Spader? Why? I think it's, well, I don't know if it's so much James Spader, right? I think it's more uh, the characters that he portrays. Yeah, his um, acting style, I feel like, is, is what some people don't love. Yeah, his acting, st- his approach to acting, and then in particular also the characters that he yeah. he's portrayed. Okay, over the years. Uh, uh, I, I, I've been told, but yeah, Sorry, coincidentally, we what two episodes ago, three episodes. Uh, my friend Josh talked about his hot take was he likes the last three seasons of The Office, two seasons. Oh yeah, yeah, However many. the ones without Michael oh, the James Scott. James Spader season. Yes. Yeah, so we've like touched a bit on James Spader. So I'm excited Perfect. to do a deep dive into his uh, his career and why maybe people <laughs> don't love those seasons of The Office because they hate on James Spader. Uh, but yeah, do you wanna do you wanna start us off on first? I am assuming you're a fan of James Spader. I am. Yeah, that's true. That's very that's very much the case. I'm a big fan of James Spader. Um, I've been a fan of James Spader's for um, most of my life that I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and yeah, The Office was in in particular one of the things we can talk about because that's that's I know that it's about like the con your podcast is the content we're consuming, and so yeah, um, mm-hmm. the 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 partner and I, as you like to say. Um, uh, uh, well, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Straight man referring to your your heterosexual relationship the, as a partnership. This was, the, this, was this was potentially the other topic. I was I almost brought this in too, just to be the topic of ta- using the term partner um, because you you you've it's uh, it's frowned upon by you. Um, you <laughs> so unpopular. Aren't I guess. Well, no. Well, because like the British have always said partner in like mm-hmm. in 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 heterosexual relationships. I though mm-hmm. I find it hilarious because I found out a few years ago. <clears throat> That in the state of California, if you are a same-sex couple, you can get a domestic partnership like that. You just fill out the paperwork, get it, uh, whatever it's called, witnessed, blah, 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 and send it off to the state. And they're like, congrats, now you can be on your partner's health insurance. Hey! Um, But if you're a straight couple in California and you want to get a domestic partnership, it's way more difficult. It's, a lot it's more like you have to yeah. do all this, all these extra steps, and it's like, I'll just get it. So you're saying we're, we're the oppressed ones. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> no, because you could just get married. Remember that? You're when that was the that. alternative? Yeah, 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 you could yeah, just be like, yeah. or instead, we'll just get married. And I, I really that's want to do like a deep so dive to like a California though. couple that's like, yeah, we didn't want to get married, but we did all this work to get this domestic partnership. And it's like, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I so we could just pivot and talk about that instead of James Spader <laughs> the, whole, the whole time. Because again, I, like I, I, I almost thought about almost thought about just making that my topic because I knew you would have lots of th- lots to say about it. Um, I just don't, I just think it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a term. Uh, it, you know, it's just synonymous to significant other. Yeah. It's just at a point in your relationship when you want to. It's more than a boyfriend girlfriend or. So you call whatever. her your partner, but it's not. Uh, there's no no like legal paperwork that makes her. <laughs> Do you need legal paperwork? I have legal paperwork. 
Go get it. I need receipts. I'm it's kidding. It's in the bedroom in a folder somewhere. <laughs> Framed on the Even wall. though I do call him the boyfriend on this show. Technically, and he hates yeah. when I do this. Because I'll be, I'll be like, yeah, boyfriend. And he's like, who says I'm your boyfriend? It's like, it's this teasing thing he's done since we started dating. And I- so, 13 mm -hmm. years ago? Yeah, 13 years in January. <laughs> um, so, but I, so what I like to say is like, I'm so sorry, not boyfriend. I mean, state of California legally re recognized domestic partner. And he's just like, oh God, that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a, 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 a piece of paper from the state that says you, Billy, can benefit from his health insurance. That's what it says. <laughs> Yeah. With the seal of California, um, which is but, great, which is good. Yeah, I do. So Ryan, I also have thoughts on this. Um, please, but please. I do want to circle back to James Spader because I do want to talk about uh, there, there's, there's well. the whole thing. But the this whole is, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is definitely polarizing within the three of us. Um, but I also there there's a point in the relationship where like this is my boyfriend feels silly. Um, I don't know. I but I I don't know. Do the gays gatekeep partner? No, but I do. <laughs> <I'm> joking, <laughs> Billy does. Oh, I don't. The, I you're feel the like... arbiter. You're yeah. You're the one yeah. who decides <laughs> on all of the, of the labels. You're you're. You know, I think take it a step further, Billy. Just own ownership of all of the labels. So you describe yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. on your profile as a bear. However, <laughs> I think you're more of an otter, hairy twink type. Um, oh, here, fill God. out this you, four. <laughs> you are that. <laughs> yeah. That's your job. Oh I, honestly, God. how much does it pay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it salaried or is business. it hourly? What do I do? From our, from our last episode about uh, creating businesses, make it a business, Billy. <laughs> Billy's labeling It'll service. be like a life coach, but you can, uh, it's like you're labeling people's type, but not in an acting sense, yeah. just in their, in their world. Be like, this is what you are. Just anyway, a stamp. It just uh, it says twink, twank, twonk. All right. <laughs> Jesus. At um, least 50% of your clientele is going to misunderstand the purpose of your business. I can just yeah, lay yeah, that yeah, groundwork yeah. for you right Everyone now. wants himbo, but it's hard work. You can't just be a himbo. You got to work at it. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so, Ryan, you refer to your... A significant other as partner. As partner. She okay. is my partner. We are partners. Um, anyway, that was all getting into the statement. My The reason, part of why James Bader came up is because the partner and I... Um, <laughs> Rewatched re The Office during the pandemic, and then also um, Boston Legal, which oh, is another James yep. Spader show. Mm. Um, that's that was the that was the genesis of my um, love for James Spader. Was that Boston show. Legal? Um, Boston, yeah, Boston Legal. So that was a show that well, The Practice, and then and then Boston Legal. He started the character of Alan Shore on The Practice. I did not that know that. I didn't know The Practice. I didn't know Boston Legal was a spinoff. Yes, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it, it, it's I, it. I'd love to hear your take on, you know, the notion of the term spinoff, but because they, they are very much disconnected. Right. Um, but, okay. So the practice was 1997 to 2004 and then Boston legal started in 2004. Yeah. And I think Alan Shore is the only, well, Alan Shore. And then they bring on Denny Crane, who is portrayed uh, as a character portrayed by William Shatner on Boston legal. I think he has one episode right at the end of the practice where he basically just like takes Alan Shore, James Spader's character, away from the law firm he's working in. So they they probably um, wrote it to set up the spinoff. Yeah, yeah. I think that his character, and I think that maybe the Denny Crane character, who's this over-the-top, larger-than-life lawyer in Boston, who's, um, you know, what what is known throughout the country, right, kind of thing, one of those attorneys. Um, 
Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I think he his character exists on the practice just in the ether, um, but he's only there for a little bit, gotcha. and then they're the only two after. Anyway, still more con, more way more information about <laughs> the practice, and not so much. I didn't, I didn't even know the practice was a thing. Like I just clicked on the IMDb, and I was like, Dylan McDermott was the lead in a show for this many years. I had no idea. No, I only know about Boston Legal. Um, yeah, so he it was it was he was on the practice for a season or two, and then on Boston Legal. And anyway, my father was a very big fan of Boston Legal when it aired, and so at mm. the age of whatever thir- 12, yeah. 13, whenever that show started, um, he would watch that um, kind of after I was supposed to be asleep or whatever. And there would be times that I would watch with him, um, and that was always a very nice bonding experience. I know, so I know. Well, Shatner's great so in that cute. show. I mean, James Spader is too, but it's that was a fantastic show. Well, and part of why I like Boston Legal so much, um, and James Spader in particular, is it's it's a. Sh- I find that in television shows, there's not a lot of opportunity, or it's challenging. I mean, again, you know, you know, know television and writing better than I do, but like the notion of monologues in television mm-hmm. is not is a really challenging thing to naturally introduce but opening and closing statements for attorneys is the great time to do a monologue yeah. so it's oh, a yeah. very natural time um and so some of those mon some of the closing statements and monologues as they go through those cases i found um were really really well written and performed pretty beautifully by well and that's what i so i cannot believe this is gonna all tie together but i one of because i didn't watch a ton of boston legal but one of the episodes i distinctly remember is the episode where a high school age girl gets HIV or she gets AIDS and they school, they sue the school district and basically are like, she did not realize she could get AIDS from sex because your sex education was so horrible. Um, Look at it. Full full circle. circle. Full Um, circle. Which was a brilliant (laughs) monologue at the end where James Spader basically proves that point. And I absolutely think it's correct. Um, but yeah, like yeah. like uh, things like that where they really took a stance and then would make these dramatic courtroom scenes. Well, also the show was fairly funny. They could still do that, but then the show would be hilarious because how can you have Shatner and James Spader together and it not be hysterical? Yeah, it's definitely peppered with a lot of uh, a lot of humor. But that was also right a big part of why I enjoyed it so much. Um, also, bringing it to somewhat full circle, right? The newsroom was another one of these shows where they got they they really were specific uh-huh. um, at the at the time about what was going on um in the news and in reacting to that and i always i really enjoy shows like that so yeah. um so what what yes. if we're talking about uh, what what do you think about uh, where do you think of some of the james spader negativity comes from so so that's a great question well i th- and i think um i think that the alan shore character is part of that um <gasps> because he is well, I mean, right, an attorney, and I think a lot of people have feelings about attorneys um, generally, and he in particular is sort of um, portrays this character as uh, lascivious, right? I, I want to be careful about specifically which words I use um, to describe him yeah. in that, but uh, he, 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 yeah, he's definitely seen... And, and, and it portrays the character as a bit of a womanizer, um, and so that, I think, in particular is, is one role in which he got... I think fairly some some bad rap around it um but then I going back right so then looking through some of his his movie roles as well um he's played a lot of um like tough guys or bad guy characters um bad person characters over the years um so right like um I was trying to think of some that you might um be more familiar with than others but right less than zero is one oh yeah Um, I've never seen the movie but he plays (laughs) he 
Okay, yeah, so, so you're familiar, right, with the book, um, which it, the movie and the book follow pretty much the same trajectory. So he plays Rip, the um, the sleazy the drug dealer. Drug yeah, dealer the, the, who gets, yeah. Uh, who yeah, gets yeah, yeah. in the book at least, gets one of the main characters addicted to, I think, heroin. Yeah, it, in the movie, it, it's, it, I think it's very much, specific, it's cra- I think he's smoking gotcha. crack. Uh, no, you're correct. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> And I wasn't sure because I haven't read the book in a really long time. And I couldn't remember if it was because if maybe they did that because they didn't want to portray heroin use because that's a little bit yeah. more intense to watch. It's a bit intense. Um, anyway, so yeah, the partner and I were talking about that. She was, was asking, you know, what, what, you know, is that what is that crack cocaine? I haven't, you know. Anyway, so um, so yeah, so that's that's one of those characters, right? And and he's done a few of those over the years, um, being kind of. You know, well, negative sleazy. He's got that face. And yeah. He's got that voice. I mean, I mean, voice in particular, because uh, uh, he's Ultron in the Avengers: Age of Ultron. And as much as that yes. movie got cut to be a little bit of a mess of a film, it's it's not bad, but it could have been better. Um, the reason Ultron is scary is because it's James Spader. <laughs> like <laughs> the it's yeah. his voice and the the way he delivers all the lines is this slowly more and more malicious ai um i thought that was phenomenal casting um yeah yeah well because that's how he delivers the the the, the, or portrays the characters that he that are humans that he is yeah (laughs) well right and i think that goes to dagny's point of right this very i don't know what i've been trying to come up with more eloquent words than just weird but it's just (laughs) he his 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 personality and these roles um, right is very eccentric, and uh, I think the way that he delivers them is uncommon. Uh, yeah, for sure. So. I will, yeah, I, so, I would, I would yeah, say ahead. his his uh, just his appearance and things, or yeah, his tonality and how he exists can be kind of unsettling. Um, I'm also trying to say kind words because I have nothing against James Spader, <laughs> but yeah, I can. He has like a a tense kind of nature to watch, so I can understand people like not loving the the feeling they get watching him. Uh, I don't want to com- compare him to. Uh, why is my brain doing this? Who are you? Uh, I feel like he's a not morally like corrupt uh, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> where like he's, oh. he's not canceled. But you know how like Kevin Spacey can make you feel uneasy, both. Uh, in and out of character, I feel like James Spader in character yeah. <laughs> acting can give that same kind of and with feeling. Case, with, uh, I hate with, to bring him up space, on an optimistic. It's okay. Uh, yeah. With Case Space, we don't have to say his real name. Uh, more and more uh, out of character <laughs> as time goes on. Stop making the weird Christmas videos and posting them on Twitter, dude. <laughs> no one cares about House of Cards yeah. anymore. Okay, go uh, away. All right, uh, that was my thing. Anyway, I don't know if that was a good uh, like comparison but i don't know they they kind of have a similar existence in my brain but i'm not trying to compare james spader to k-space yeah that's that's fair i'm sorry we shouldn't have given him that that's too cute it's dead now yeah (laughs) yeah cancel we can just we can just refer to him as canceled kevin space sure just to reiterate Mm -hmm. um that 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 was a thing that happened um yeah yeah i mean i so the we had that we had this conversation too before bringing james spader on of Right there's nothing questionable, right? And so I spent a lot of time last weekend making sure that there was nothing. James Peter <laughs> hasn't been canceled. Yeah, there's yeah. there's not something that I'm gonna yeah that I'm gonna get. Uh, oh, actually, you haven't read this article from the Guardian from 2006. <laughs> so. uh, 
kind of thing. And then I'd have to say, shit, you're right. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I uh, So I just was hanging out on James Spader's IMDb, and that's how I learned yeah. that the blacklist is still going? Yeah, that's right. Yes. So I, was, I wasn't I was sure. I was like, I thought maybe that you would have some sort of, lo- you know, weird love for blacklist. I, um, I, yeah, saw, I saw, like, the it. first half of season one, and I really liked it. And then it just kind of became a show that I was like, I know what that is. I'll watch it if it's on. And and the fact yeah. that it's now he's done a hundred and seventy four episodes is insane. Yeah. yeah, good for him. I talked about that show at uh, Paramount because they filmed a little bit there, but all their production offices. But it was on the on the lot board, so every time I gave a tour, I had to say, "Oh, and the blacklist films here," but it doesn't. They just had production offices, um, so I knew that it still existed. <laughs> because that's, that's the why only are there reason. production I love offices when I bring not... up random Paramount. Maybe they film on the I East Coast and they just need West Coast offices because I think it's an East Coast show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's yeah, I mean, there were some other shows that. Coast, but... Yeah, I love that you're like it takes yeah. place, but we all know the truth, which is, uh, like like five blocks from my apartment in Little Manhattan or whatever they call Little New York here in Koreatown. There's um there's a street yeah. in Koreatown that's about two blocks long where all of the apartment buildings have stoops. And uh, I swear, every show that films in L.A. that takes place in New York films on that street. It's two blocks in Koreatown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah sorry, well, I mean, I, that's Blacklist. No, no, that's great. Yeah, because Blacklist, um, that's another one, right, where he, he's portraying he's a, a pretty a mas- criminal mastermind. Space. Yeah. yeah, he's a criminal mastermind. Right, right. Um, and, you know, not, not the, not the white-collar uh, kinds, referencing another great hey, Yeah, no, but a full-on um, borderline terrorism kind. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so right again. That's another role where he finally slots into that same sort of narrative of uh, right bad bad character. Um, that's that definitely makes you uneasy. Um, yeah, I was just gonna make a comment about filming in DC being a very challenging thing for pretty much everybody because shutting down the Captain and, and yeah, anything that actually that's what yeah. especially like I mean you can tell when it's like budget like all the Captain America movies that film in DC. You're like, look at you, look what you pulled off. Wow, you filmed mm-hmm. like when he's mm-hmm. jogging around the whatever it's called when he's jogging around the um, at the beginning of civil not civil war winter soldier. Please, please tell me, please tell Ryan. Me I was hesitating because I thought you would just finish my <laughs> sentence and not call me out. I was it was a tactical response to get you to say it, me to be like, oh yes, the reflective pool. The yeah, the trick, the easy way, the easy way around it, Billy, is I'll teach you a great DC trick: is just say the mall or 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 around the monuments, right? Just kind of ambiguously, because they're all close enough that it doesn't matter if he's at Lincoln or by the reflecting pool. It doesn't matter if it's the Washington Monument in the background it, or the title bit, right? It's all close enough, especially when someone's jogging. Just like, yeah, around the mall. The okay, that works. Yeah, around the mall. But yeah, I mean, I mean, the when monument. they when they shut down for DC, it's always impressive, uh, or it's also fake. Yeah. Um, it's not real. Uh... Right. So anyway, um, yeah, so the, I spent uh, the last week w- with the partner watching and rewatching. Um, I think we made it through nine or ten James Spader movies. Um, oh, hell yeah. For this, because I haven't seen, well, I haven't seen, I haven't seen some, some of them are classics, right, that I've seen. Pretty in Pink um, is another one where he okay. plays uh, a similar kind of sleazy, you know, uh, and that's another thing is that a lot of his characters are really affluent. Um, and so I think, and kind of East Coast preppy, um, yeah, type of characters, and I think that rubs people the wrong way, um, or has historically. Um, so anyway, but um, yeah, he's in Pretty in Pink. He's he's same kind of thing, sleazy um, high school, high school yeah. guy. Uh, Do you? I have a question for you, Ryan. Okay. Uh, with James Spader, do you think? I guess in the office, he did. He had a somewhat comedic role, but do you think he could do? Or what type of character? 
do you think he would have to play to break the mold that people put him into? Does that kind of make sense? It's a good question. Yeah, this totally. Basically because, playing right, what a I pitch, but making you do it. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, um, so I think, I think, I think Alan Shore is that to some degree because mm-hmm. that character has a lot of comedy. Um, it's still because of the, you know, the bit of misogyny and this like really strong just connection with another white, rich white man, <laughs> a little less so. Um, you know, Robert California, I think, is another good one where it's a bit of a deviation from what he's done a lot in in Robert in film. Robert California um, actually almost feels like James Spader is doing a parody of a James Spader character, and that's why I think it's so funny. Yeah. That's why I really love Robert California as a character. Yeah. So, so I took so watching some of these movies. Right, I was taking some notes, and um, I can't remember. Um, I think it was speaking of speaking. Yeah, it's a movie called Speaking of Sex, um, which is another very weird and eccentric movie um and this is one where he plays uh um a therapist um that becomes involved becomes involved with one of his patients but like that is in- inherently like the whole premise of the movie is he claims that he was that she wasn't a patient when they became sexually involved gotcha anyway, oh. um, so but i just wrote is roger clink robert california like it's just it seems like <laughs> this character mm. that he plays and in, in speaking of sex is going to end up being um, this. Robert sorry, I don't even I know nothing about speaking of sex. I didn't even know. And this it's Bill Murray and Catherine O'Hara. Are you kidding? Yeah. Wow. It's 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 a it's a it's a stacked cast. Megan Mullally and, and Nick Offerman. Did they meet on this? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so it, it, it's yeah, it's and it's good. It's not it, it's not great so i it's it was in the early 2000s and i kind of feel like has a bit of a sideways sort of vibe where it's sort of it's a bunch of stuff about sex and monogamy versus not and you know anyway gotcha um nice that that was uh that was but anyway yeah a good one nice i love that yeah, my question didn't really make sense because I was like, oh, wait, he does kind of do that as Robert California. But still, people were so critical of his character. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, as sure. we talked about on the, the episode, they were they were mostly critical because they missed Steve Carell. It wasn't really no. I don't think any other yeah. character could have say, like made anyone happy after he, they, 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 yeah. Yeah. they either wanted him back. And they and I think they rightly wrote characters who weren't like him. And that just made people more upset. But he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that, for sure. And that was another thing, right, that I was trying to figure out as we were going through a bunch of these movies and looking back through some of those roles is whether or not James Spader falls in the category of always playing bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, there are some, there are a lot of, there. well, there are some actors who who do that historically. Um, and so tr- there's another movie called True Colors um, that he's in with John Cusack from the early 90s, mm-hmm. I think. And um it's he's still rich (laughs) he's still a rich white preppy guy (laughs) but um this one is more of a political drama and um kind of takes place in the northeast and in dc and um and virginia and uh in that john cusack i think is more the antagonist than james james spader oh yeah listen to this listen to this preppy white boy description of the movie uh (laughs) best friends from law school to election night their friendship is sorely tested when one learns of another's betrayal 
Oh. But like, I just love from law school to yeah. election night. It's like, oh, okay, I know who these guys are. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it was probably a bad sign for me when they showed where they like the first scene of them at the beginning of the movie getting to law school, and I was like, that's UVA for sure. That's UVA law school. And then later they <laughs> reference it. I went, mm, it's probably not good that I can just rattle off the <laughs> just that quickly. <laughs> I've only been there one time, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's just. It just looks very much oh, like those, UVA. Those East Coast um, law schools all are stunning. You know, they're like architectural and yeah. you can know, you can tell. Meanwhile, the Oklahoma City University well, law building is like <laughs> repurposed from, yeah, box. it's like a box. Um, yeah. It was a nursing school and they're like, hey, the lawyers can go over here. And then they finally they have a new, they have a new school now, but I've never seen it because I graduated. Uh, it's not even on the same campus. No, it's downtown. It's, like, it's off campus because yeah, they were like, uh, they're the only the only graduate students on campus are the law students. And they There's were like, no they got to get away from the 18-year-olds. We got to get them out of here. All the law students got to get the fuck away from the 18-year-olds. Yeah. The 18-year-old dance monsters. and musical theater majors. Um, <laughs> so, Ryan, I always appreciate when our guests do research. Do you have any other fun facts about um, James Spader that you would like to share? And and also after that, um, I want to know all of the movies you watched and which one was your yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, was, well, I had the same question. Perfect, perfect. I, I, I want to make sure I, I come, just don't forget to say it. So there's another movie that we can talk about called Jack's Back, which is an, a film that he made, which he plays, um, he plays uh, twins. Um, and so the, the majority of the movie, he's playing a character that's pretty mischievous and bad, but at the very beginning, he's playing a really, um, philanthropic, uh, doctor. So arguably oh, that fun. is another good role. <laughs> that <breaks laughs> them all. Um, so yeah, I mean, James Spader is his, I think historically has been a pretty close Wait, person. Real, real uh, quick, compared- real quick. And Jack's back. Is he playing a serial killer? So- <laughs> What is what are all these movies that I now really want to watch? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He was doing some crazy stuff from so eight, 1985 was the first thing that he was in that he was the the star. It was tough turf. It was a uh, tough turf. I think is the name uh-huh. of it. Um, hmm. And and uh, that's also he's like in a, he's like fighting a gang and it anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, so so yeah, he he's. Um, my understanding, at least, right, is he's a pretty reserved person. He tries to keep his private life pretty, pretty private. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't have a ton of really interesting fun facts about James Spader, um, other than what anyone could read on on Wikipedia. Uh, but um, I think it's interesting since we are talking so much about kind of like the the him as an affluent portraying affluent characters. It is important to know that he did go to private school in Massachusetts. Uh, um, <laughs> And met, um, one of the fun facts I was reading about was that he met um, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy. Um, uh, no, sorry, oh. not Robert Kennedy. John F. Kennedy Jr. John F. Kennedy Jr. when he was at school. They were born. They were both born in 1960. Um, and oh. I think they attended the same prep school for a little while. Well, shit. Time. So um, he then dropped out and moved to New York to become an actor. Uh, so they took, you know, divergent paths. Um, but yeah, so... I think it's interesting that he plays a lot of characters that are come from that world, and that's also kind of the world. That's that yeah. Do you know cool. in New York did he have any kind of career like doing stage performances or live theater at all? I feel like he would be very good, good at that. I don't know. Yeah i I would love to see him in a stage production of anything. Um, yeah. Um, but what's that? There we go. Broadway uh, World. Broadway World. Let's look at James Spader's theater credits. Wow, okay. episode of Googling. Really I know, right? Getting our facts great. Taylor's going to be He's, so happy. That's nice, yeah. It looks like he was in some um, David Mamet stuff. So that yeah, yeah, that us, definitely makes you know, sense yeah, that... for him to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, oh my gosh, what is that movie that K-Space is in? <laughs> the the play Glenn uh, Harry Glenn Ross yeah 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 I feel like James oh, he, Spader he would, he would be good he in could that be in something like that oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I was thinking like the Odd Couple would be nice that would be yeah. hilarious that would be fun. <laughs> so on yeah, um, on BroadwayWorld.com he has a single credit for a, a play called Race mm. where he was in in two thousand and nine okay that's wild because you think yeah. someone like I just feel think like he would just be good at live theater yeah yeah um maybe he should do more of that that would be fun oh he's um obsessive compulsive fun to watch there you go like in real life real life Mm. oh my god and here it here says very interesting so a review of the of david mamet's race uh the headline from the new york times says in broadway debut james spader plays that familiar creep (laughs) and then the review says with his broadway debut james spader sticks to his favorite role the snake hilarious yeah so so, again it works like if it's uh if it ain't broke don't fix Correct. it it's still working he's getting hired to do the same type of role so good for him he yeah so i was going through i was going through a list of a couple of different um you know articles trying to see if he showed up on any uh you know 10 or 20 performers who always played evil or bad characters yeah. and he, i didn't mm-hmm. find him okay. on any of them um Malcolm McDowell is consistently at the top I of those lists. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like though James Spader doesn't I don't I don't of the things I've seen, I wouldn't say he always plays evil. He definitely plays like skeezy and kind of gross sometimes. Like, yeah, right, right. Morally corrupt, but I wouldn't say he's like evil evil right except for this movie where apparently he plays a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, Didn't so Jack's back. Right, 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 right. Coming back to that one. Um I <laughs> I don't want to spoil the plot because it sounds like Billy might go watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, he is a he's a, he's a suspected his his the he's a suspected serial killer both as the doctor and then as the twin who's not the doctor, right? So it's it's mm. it's a very interesting uh, interesting. Gotcha. Trap, so yeah. so of which films did you watch and which which was do you think so, was your favorite? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, we kind of went back and, and started uh, early. And so Tough Turf, uh, Pretty in Pink, uh, True Colors, Jack's Back, Speaking of Sex, um, Secretary, that's another one you may have seen okay. with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, so Lesson Zero, Stargate, and Sex, Lies, and Videotape. So, cool. Nine. Wow, you were watching like multiple a day. Thank you for doing this. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, I wanted to. I wanted to make sure that I'd see because most of those I'd seen um, a while ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wanted to because I wanted to try and understand like why this was a, something in my head too of people who just you know regard James Spader as maybe not the the most likable um, and just trying to find trying to trying to dissect that a little bit more across some of these these roles. Yeah. And then and then see if there's yeah see if there's like a divergence from that um, at any point, um, which there there's some okay there's some, yeah for sure but yeah but sec- secretary is another one of those classic creep movies where he mm. is an attorney and engages in a lascivious sexual relationship with his secretary uh, uh, classic and then yeah yeah classic the classic tale uh, um, <laughs> which doesn't. Which doesn't really, right? It doesn't uh, really hold up or work, and is pretty questionable as like a plot now. If we were to make that movie, um, yeah. 
It's but bad. also, but also, it's kind of an S and M relationship, and mm-hmm. so, but they are very much not explicit, right, in the movie about the relationship and what their goals are. So that's why it falls, I think, on the not so gotcha. great side of things. Yeah. And um, and sh- and also shifts really quickly. So a lot of his movies have like re- out of nowhere just tone w- shifts. What's amazing? Happening. Yeah. So w- if you had to pick, if you had to pick like one or two favorites. Which would they have mm, been? Gosh. Either um, as just films themselves or just James Spader performances. Yeah. So I actually, I, I think, so we were talking about this too, the party and I, and True Colors, I think, falls on that list, partly because it is kind of a political drama. Um, it does have DC vibes going on, but because he's not necessarily the antagonist or the creepy person in that one. Um, gotcha. I liked that. I liked that quite a bit. Um, let's see. Um yeah, and then, right, I'm always going to lean back on Boston Legal. I think Alan yeah, Shore is yeah, yeah. one of the greatest characters ever. Um, so we didn't, we didn't rewatch any Boston Legal in the last week, but um, it's... You're very familiar with it. I'm very familiar. Like. I'm that's very, cool. Yeah, that's right. age 13, been watching uh-huh. Boston Legal. <laughs> yeah, so it started then, right? I started as a teenager watching it with my dad, and then also one of my um, really good friends from college uh, had a similar experience with Boston Legal, um, where he'd seen nice. some of the se- some of the episodes from some of the seasons kind of thing. Um, and so before our sophomore year, when we lived together, um, we had like a, a week before classes started, so we just started binging Boston Legal episodes. Nice. Um, we were in our dorm and the RA on duty knocked on our door and told us that we were being too loud um, watching Just getting Boston too Legal. rowdy watching yeah. Boston Legal. And there was no one else there, right? The floor was empty because we were a week <laughs> ahead of you know, moving for, oh for whatever reason. Right. They just had nothing to do. So they're going to come find us and tell us off for watching James Spader deliver monologues too loud at midnight. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Well, hey, you heard it that's here. James Spader rules. You probably knew that, but hey, uh, uh, James Spader's got a lot of films maybe you haven't seen, and you should check him out because he's great. He's a great Weasley little shitbird, um, and I love that for him. <laughs> yeah, Stargate was the other one that I thought we might talk. about. I've never seen like Stargate. Isn't that wild? And then it, and it turns. In, well, okay, so you've never seen it. Okay, that was my. That was my. Either. That was the. That was the other hope that I had was that you would be able to talk about. Everything after the Stargate movie uh, right? <laughs> that you would, had maybe hadn't seen the movie, but have been no seen nothing, show. nothing at all. Um, Ten seasons, yeah, long something, something crazy. It's, it's uh, I've never we we I've never seen the show either, but we decided to watch that as one of the movies because he plays a an archaeologist, a pretentious Ooh. archaeologist. So, yeah. Nice, <laughs> that makes sense. Um. Nice, yeah. So check out some more. I need to do it because I didn't know about most of these <laughs> right. movies. Um, so yeah, I also think I'm gonna check some out because I yeah, it sound they sound like great films. Well, and I don't. I'm not necessarily gonna say that they're the best use of your time um, <laughs> when there's so much content out in the world. But one thing that I will pitch about these movies is that they are consistently. Um, one and a half to two hours nice. long, uh, and all nice. are around sixty-five to seventy-five percent ratings on platforms. Right, so good. It's not. We didn't watch. Right, we didn't watch Lincoln. We didn't rewatch Lincoln to see the few minutes of James. <laughs> or even Lincoln. even Age of Ultron. It was like, nah, I seen it. Nah. Well, I knew you'd be able to talk about Age of Ultron more than I. Knew I mean, too, so. you know, yeah. it was it was the last of I think the Marvel committee films where they had a, a committee of not comic book people dictating what the plot should be. Um, yeah. And so that's it's kind of the last really messy Marvel movie until they were like, hey, what if we just like made Fihi do everything? And it's worked out so far. So <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, Ryan. 
um, uh, uh, we like to end the show with a game we call What a Pitch. However, as I mentioned earlier, I had three cups of coffee. So I will just edit this out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go pee real quick. But again. also, Billy, I have to go first. So Oh, you want me to pee while you're doing just... this? That's hilarious. Yep. This is what I get. So I woke up at 4.40 in the morning, and then to make sure I had energy for this, I was like, let's do a bunch of coffee. And now I have to pee like crazy. Um, so cool. Let's explain the rules. Uh, what a Pitch is a game we play on every episode where our guest gives um, uh, both of us a topic and a genre, uh, some form of media, and then we each have 30 seconds to pitch it to them, mm-hmm. and they pick a winner. Um, Ryan, you understand the rules, right? I do, yes. Cool. Um, you guys okay, cool. play. I'll be back. I'm going pee. Great. I feel <laughs> like I can do more than 30 seconds, because actually, he pees very quickly. But He does. Uh, <laughs> he does. That's true. Historically, it's very well known. We can... Um, he can pee in may- probably 30 seconds. Um, but for sure. Ryan, would you like to give me... Uh, uh, a, a prompt. Yeah, so we, I think we. It's funny that we actually have already talked about it um, because what I had prepared for for everybody, uh, you and Billy, I guess, was um, I was looking for uh, uh, a play uh, or film um, pitch from you mm-hmm. to me as James Spader to return from television to do uh, to do a movie. Uh, what would that role be that would convince me? Um, I need to remember the name of this play really quick. Um, oh my god, this is terrible. I, I was in this play. Um, oh, God of Carnage. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> it took me a second. So the play God of Carnage is uh, a very funny play that I was in, and I love it. Um, you wait, sorry, just because I started to think about this before you. Can you give me the prompt one more time to make sure that I'm doing this correctly? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And I maybe said it a weird way too, right? I, I think the idea, the prompt I think would be um, a, a play or a movie role that you would like to see James Spader in um, to come out of what has been a, now a transition to a career of television. Uh, okay. At this juncture. Got it. Yeah. I think I'm right then. Okay, so God of Carnage. Do you know this play, Ryan? I do. Yeah, familiar. <laughs> okay, great, great, great. So two sets of parents, their kids, uh, one of the kids uh, injured the other one on the playground. And they have a dinner to discuss it. Um, And at one point, one of the moms uh, throws up everywhere. It's great. It's very funny um, situational comedy. And I feel like there is a dad in it that is a very, like, clean-cut dad with a tie, very uh, by the book. And the other dad, I think, is what James Spader should be cast as, the kind of goofier dad that is a little more easygoing. And, yeah, I would just like to, like, I would like to see him play that role um, because it would be unexpected. I feel like the casting. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Also, if you haven't read God of Carnage and you're listening to this, it's such a fun play. It's short and I highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'll have Billy come back. Is yeah. Just wave. Just... Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we gave you a thumbs up or how we communicate. I don't even, you, I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. But it started a... with just Dagny and I doing this. It's definitely just like a frantic, like turn, come back to the camera. Uh, everyone listening, um, you can't see it. So sorry. You know, should have come over while I was recording to see the hand gestures. Well, it's yeah. funny. I thought, yeah. And so you talked, you made a kind con- sorry. I know we're in the middle of pitch me this or the, the, the end of the show wrap up, <laughs> but, um, right. We talked about James Spader's face. Um, he has like a, qu- a classic kind of a look and, and like weird thing that he does with his mouth. And I thought we were going to like try and do that. I had this vision of us having to describe each other doing James Spader's <laughs> yeah. face on a podcast. Anyway. It's, in his, it's, it's all in his eyeballs, which is why I think it's weird. He wears so many sunglasses on the blacklist, but he's yeah. got very intense yeah. eyes. And, and well, his intense eyes and his mouth. So the thing that he does with his mouth is he sort of opens just like one yeah. half of it, 
Yeah. And stares at you. Anyway, anyway. All right. So <laughs> we're doing literally the thing um, that I said would be terrible for, for a podcast. Um, so do yes. I give you the Yeah, let's go for it. Is that the, mm-hmm. Okay, great. So um, it sort of shifted a little bit as we got into it. And, I th- and so, um, but you'll have the same the same uh, prompt as, as Dagny. But um, the, the pitch me um, the uh, a new um, production play or or a film um, role for James Spader to get him out of what has become a career of just working on television for the most part. Um, he's gonna play Alexander Hamilton in Hamilton. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think he can sing. That probably would have come up, but you know what? Neither can Lin Manuel Miranda. So uh, it's a perfect role. <laughs> Um, I wish I could do like a James Spader voice just to be like, what is a legacy? Um, uh, I don't know. This is actually <laughs> terrible. You know what? You know what, though? Staying in the same vein as musicals, but also and like imagining he could sing. Um, he would be fun as Phantom of the Opera. It's still kind of typecast, but it would be a more romantic kind of role. Um, uh, James okay. Spader and Catherine O'Hara as Mungo Jerry and Teaser. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's just cheating. You're just I don't calling know. out roles that yeah, you're, just, you're, you're just making up. You're just ma- yeah, you're calling out roles that I've been in, and then also you're just making up multiple. You're, yeah, you're it's because I don't like any of these really. ideas, so I yeah. keep changing mid pitch, which is completely breaking the rules, and my time is already up. But also, okay. I love Billy that you still picked uh, Hamilton, which is a skeezy guy. Uh, I mean, also great, but like he does cheat on his <laughs> wife, and he's not perfect. Uh, Phantom, Dagny, Dagny, it's also, okay. It's okay. Skeezy. It's okay and then that he cheated on uh, Mungo yeah, Jerry steals from people. Um, and Dagny, <laughs> so all of your It's okay that Hamilton cheats on his wife because he told everyone about it. So that makes it okay yeah, in his a, crazy insane brain. To let people know. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that makes up for it. Anyway, so Ryan, you have to pick a winner. Which of Billy's three productions <laughs> would you like to watch? Or would you like to watch my one? Yeah, so um, quickly I'll say that there are some um, films that James Spader sings. One of them is Tough Does he Turf, really? Um, okay. His first movie. He sings in, he, sings, uh, he has a piano, he has a bit of a piano ballad um, in Tough Turf. And it's uh, it's not bad. I mean, it's been 40 years or whatever, so I don't, 35 years, so I don't know if he can still sing. But uh, <laughs> I definitely don't want to see him in a cat's That's theater, fair. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah. my and my rationale, um, Dagny, you're the winner for sure. And my <laughs> rationale for that is... Uh, and it's not, and it's not just because Billy um, floundered in pitched three different things. It's because um, I think seeing him in God of Carnage, I would be able, we'd be able to see him in a smaller venue and probably yeah. oh, that's better than everything um, I suggested. I already, and, yeah, and shit. <laughs> Billy, you'll listen to this back, but I am cast. I would cast him as the not clean cut dad, the more like goofy yeah. dad to make him, which is unexpected. That was my pitch. Yeah, yeah. So. And it and it would be great, and I'd love to. I'd love okay, to. Okay, what that. about that. what yeah. about this? <laughs> what if we, because of the Shatner connection, what if we make him like a Star Trek captain? I can't see that. I literally can't see that. How about? <laughs> so you referenced you you talked about it. I think it was last week. Um, I think Billy, in your world of musicals, the only thing is if he would if he did all of Come From Away, then I would probably go see that. <laughs> oh, if he did every part of the whole. Every oh, he could probably that would actually that would be great. How many characters like, is that? Because every character it's plays like ninety six characters in a come from away. There's like a sh- because everyone plays like four or five. Even the, even the one yeah, woman yeah. who plays the pilot the whole time also has like three or four other roles at different parts. Like she even yeah. she doesn't get to just be one person. No. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Well, so 
Well, I love that so y'all much. talked about that. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. Thank oh you yeah. Oh, Danny, experience. I want to tell you I the the, 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 the boyfriend's one. critique of the come from away Apple Plus was um, too many camera angles. That, that not was enough. True. There were a lot of close-ups. Where you don't need I, it. It's a the musical. Stage is so cool that I I that was my also my one critique. But I just agree. in but the Apple in the Apple I'm Plus glad one, we can watch it whenever in we the want. Apple Plus one, all of the actors who are original Broadway actors are also actors he saw in Seattle when they were just a workshop musical he That's saw. so cool. So the woman who's the pilot in the Apple Plus, he saw her live when she was just starting yeah, as the role. she was the original. Oh, she's amazing. That's what I told so, John because well, he had never seen it. I was like, if you listen to the soundtrack, you're going to hear all the people from the Apple yeah. Apple TV yeah. one. So um, you, I, he, may, he may know about this because I know that he has a, a major obsession with this musical, but um, they did it. So Ford's Theater is a well-known historic theater. You may have heard of it um, in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what's-his-face got <laughs> shot an there. joke. Yeah, someone got shot there. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so Ford's Theater did it, um, uh, like a staged reading, for lack of a better term, um, mm-hmm. in front of the Lincoln Memorial on the evening before the 20th anniversary. So we went to see oh, that. Oh, cool. That would be um, very... It was, it was I, really impactful. Yeah, I don't want to say the word cool, but that to watch it in D.C. would be... I mean, I assume it, watching it in New York also is a little different they, than you say watching Los Angeles, reading, but, but in D.C. Singing, would be... Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they were like singing, right? So it was just... <laughs> just spoken it was a concert, word of every Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to be like, how dare they? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was... They sang that... They, they did the whole production and they sang it. It's just... Yeah, it was outside on a smaller gotcha. stage, so they didn't have a... What, I mean, the stage was in front of the Lincoln That's Memorial. That's so cool. That's um, cool. And well, and what's really weird about that is the, you're in the flight path from the from DCA, which is the airport yeah, here, yeah. and so right, all of the planes were still going Ooh. throughout oh, wow. the whole production. And so, yeah. Anyway, cool. obviously, uh, more cool. more support for Come it's, From Away. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's a perfect. It might be one. the most perfect musical. And, and honestly, ever made. there's no. I'm flaws. Just I'm not just because I want to be mad. Did Come From Away lose to Dear Evan Hansen? Uh, the I the think... other thing that I thought about bringing in, I thought about pivoting because Billy started to go off last week about how much he dislikes Dear Evan Hansen. So I was like, okay, well, if that's an unpopular show uh, for Billy, I'll bring that in as my top. <laughs> Love it. But I, I did not. I also I think, I also think one of the reasons I'm so jaded about Dear Evan Hansen is other than I don't like the plot because I think it's. It's about white boy privilege being celebrated. Does that make sense? White boy doing something shitty and he gets celebrated mm-hmm. for it anyway, even though he should have been ostracized mm-hmm. because he's a piece of shit. But it's also because yeah. when I first listened to the soundtrack, I thought it was uh, based on the second song, which is so good because the music is pretty good, that it was like a gay coming of age story. And they're like, no, 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 it's a suicide no. mix em up. And I was like, that's not, that's not what I want. I want a gay coming of age story. And it's like, yeah. And then the rest of the album sounds like a, a, a progressive Christian rock album. And that's not my favorite either. Um, shitting on Dear Evan Hansen. Just so you, just so you know, Tony awards, uh, they come from away one best musical, best original score, best book of a musical, best featured actress best musical? and best I'm direction. Yeah. Uh, apparently I was, I didn't realize that. Um, but no, dang it. It won yeah, the drama amazing. desk award and the Laurence Olivier oh. award in England, but it did not win. Oh, uh, my, the musical I was nominated. This is why we need Ryan to Google for us. On, mm-hmm. To do this. To oh, and the Tony Awards yeah. where it didn't win was hosted by Kevin Spacey. Ooh, where he, yikes. where, wow. where um, Another Kevin Spacey circle. came out ugh, dressed as Dear Evan Hansen with the cast and the polo. So he came out dressed as yikes. a 15-year-old boy. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's rough. Uh, this musical that's was rough. Dear Evan Hansen, well, what which a... somehow beat 
Come From Away no. and The Great Comet of 1812, which is uh, all, almost as big of a joke as all of the Tony Awards this year. Did you see that, by the way? No, this is something we can talk about. I mean, just like, all it is is because of COVID, only like two musicals opened. And they had the Tony. Yeah, Rouge right. got a yeah bunch they of had boards, the Tonys right? anyway. And I got on Twitter to let a Tonys, and someone was like, "Oh my gosh, Aaron Tveit finally won his Tony. We're so proud." He was the only one nominated. There, he had no competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hilarious. Um, although I would love to see him as Ewan McGregor. As Ewan Rouge. McGregor, I, can, I don't remember the. <laughs> I don't remember the name it's, of the character. Uh, right Ewan now. McGregor plays Christian, and uh, uh, Christian. and uh, what's her name plays Satan. That's and they're all it's Christian and Satine. It's all very <laughs> literal. It's great. Yeah. Um Oh, I never put that together. Wow. Yeah, and then, wow, and then wow. the scene where she's sleeping with the Duke or whatever. Uh she's lit in blue mm-hmm. and he's down below her lit in red, and it's like they've changed. The movie's very literal, and it's actually why it's so good, but it's very literal and it's I metaphor love all the time. I do too. Mm-hmm. Milan Rouge rules. Wow. Um, incredible. Well, before we uh, do our little outro, Ryan, is there anything you would like to plug or promote? Uh, there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's, that's why I didn't feel bad about going. On. That's why I didn't feel bad about going on uh, during this portion because I was like, there's, I don't have to take up time to promote anything because I don't have anything. Right. Okay, great. <laughs> well, I, do. I mean, if you want, if you want more Ryan Smith, oh, do you oh. post on social media? Sorry, sir. Uh, no, I also don't do that. So, um, no, that's right. I, that was what I was going to say. Um, Billy is hosting a comedy show uh, on October 8th, 9th, October, uh, yeah, October 9th, um, at a place um, where if you Google it, you'll find it. Yeah. Uh, uh, guest last week, Aiden Park, is producing an LGBTQ <laughs> comedy show that is also a fundraiser. Um, Tickets are $40, but it comes with a, a red carpet and gifts from all the sponsors. And I think there's like a cocktail thrown in there. So, you don't, whatever. It's going to be a great time. You get free stuff. Well, not free stuff because you pay for a ticket, but you get like gifts. Um, and you get to walk the red carpet nice. and take pictures, and it's going to be a good time. So, come out and see me this Saturday at the Comedy Chateau in North Hollywood. Ryan, thank you so much. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And, um, and check out um, House, of, House of Spirits. Um, yeah. I'm going to get a kickback from them for like 1%. So. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for looking that up. I can't believe I brought it in to tell people and then didn't even bother to look up the name. Um, Okay, well, this has been Poptimist, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, check out older episodes um, and keep up to date with newer episodes because we're going to have those too. We're coming up on a one-year anniversary, which is so crazy. What is it? What, 10 more episodes and we'll yeah, be at a well, year? Yeah, well, I think crazy. we're actually pretty close because we took a couple of, we did a couple bonus episodes, but I do want to get to like 50 to yeah. celebrate. But yeah, we... Yeah. um crazy. Yeah, our first episode was anyway, November 27th. I stopped the outro just because... Wow, yeah, crazy. Right? It's so exciting. We're so close. Um, but if you did like this episode, check out other episodes and be sure to rate, subscribe, comment, uh, leave us some stars. <laughs> we love those. Um, and follow our Instagram for updates on upcoming episodes and live episodes, which we'll still have uh, some yeah. more of those. And they're always super fun. And I think that's all. Oh, if you have any hot takes, email us at popmispod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, if you've got well, any weird James say, Spader okay. fan fiction, email them to Ryan. <laughs> if you want his email, text me. I'll give it to you, and we'll just send him all the James Spader fan fiction. <laughs> that's. I think that's the thing I need to plug and promote is the new Twitch channel where I just talk about James Spader movies that I'm watching. But you just. Send me, <laughs> you I think that'll be that. that'll be a really fun watch for everybody. Um, and uh, don't cool. don't listen oh. to Taylor Swain's episode of Poptimist because Ryan didn't oh. listen to it. 
I haven't listened to it. I haven't listened. To it. I listened to Anthony's, but I haven't listened to it yet. So I'm glad we waited until the very end of mine yeah. to say that, um, so that Taylor's it's gonna hurt his out. feelings. Taylor's finding out an hour in. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. As he's driving to, to a client's house, he's gonna be I'll just go. crushed. <laughs> I'll listen to it I, by the time this airs. Cool, I'll cool, cool, cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I did the outro, so everybody say goodbye. Thanks. Ryan Bye. waved. Ryan just waved at the camera to say goodbye. I was hoping it would just be a wave. Oh my god. Bye. Billy, say goodbye so you can stop. <laughs> okay, bye.